Welcome to the Coaching DNA Podcast. I'm your host, Travis Wyckoff. I'm also the founder of Kingdom Coaching, my consulting business, where I work with coaches, ADs, and executive journeying with them to help them be a leader worth following from the inside out. My guest this week is Ian McCall. Ian is the athletic director at Liberty University. During part one of my conversation with Ian, we talk about mentors that impacted him, his strengths and constraints, staff development, and much more. Ian is really wise and has had tremendous success everywhere he's been. So without further ado, part one of my conversation with Ian McCall. Ian, thanks for uh, joining us. I know you're, you're, you're busy this time of year. Um, so honestly, really grateful that you're uh, taking time out to join us. Why don't you walk us through your journey from high school to present day? Yeah, well, Travis, uh, first of all, thank you. This is a real honor and uh, certainly grateful for uh, for you and the investment that you make in, in the lives of coaches uh, who are seeking to honor the Lord through uh, the ministry of coaching. So uh, great, great privilege to, to be with you this morning. But yeah, my journey uh, began, I grew up in Toronto, Canada. And uh, so I've, uh, I've come a long way uh, since then. But uh, growing up, uh, sports was always a, a very big part of my life. Uh, I played uh hockey and baseball until uh, until I was uh, late teens or, or 20. And um, really a lot of my life just revolved around sports. I knew that was a passion of mine. I also had a passion for leadership and business and really wanted to combine the two of those. And that's what led me uh, very fortunately to, uh, uh, to college in Canada. I went to uh, Laurentian University and they had the only sports administration program that was offered in Canada at the time. And uh, that, that really enabled me to kind of combine passions. And uh, um, when I graduated from Laurentian, the pro- job prospects were not great at that time. And so uh, I decided to come to the States and pursue a master's degree in uh, sport management. At that time, the two most uh, established programs were at UMass and Ohio University. And I was fortunate enough to be admitted into the UMass program. And uh, that was really uh, a big moment for me because that really changed the trajectory, I think, of my uh, professional opportunities. Uh, I had a great mentor at UMass named Glenn Wong. Glenn was a, a sports law professor, great expert in, in sport law. And in addition to being uh, one of my teachers, he also allowed me to work with him on a book that he published and uh, really helped me become very focused on my career and a uh, really important uh, person in my life. I also did a graduate assistantship in sports uh, information. When I was at UMass, worked for uh, Howie Davis, kind of a legend in the sports information field. And uh, he helped me land my first uh, job upon graduation at the University of Maine. So those two were really key people in my life. And uh, that got me again to uh, to my first uh, first job at uh, 23 years old at the University of Maine. And uh, I worked in sports information and uh, a lot of really great experiences at Maine. Uh, the first and, and most important one was that was when I came to the Lord uh, mm. uh, through a friend uh, named Jim Chassie. Uh, he was part of the Navigators Ministry and uh, led me to the Lord uh, uh, during my time at Maine. So that was the most important thing. Uh, second, uh, probably close second, was uh, I met my wife, Heather, and uh, uh, through uh, we connected through a Bible study. She had been a, a student athlete at the University of Maine, played field hockey there. So uh, we met and uh, shortly thereafter married. And then I also met probably my most important uh, professional mentor, uh, Kevin White, who is the athletic director at Maine. I worked under him for five years at Maine and uh, just a tremendous mentor, somebody who really invested 
heavily in me. And uh, I ended up following him to Tulane University uh, when he became the athletic director there. Um, and that really took me uh, to an opportunity where my career really blossomed. I, I uh, began as the associate AD for external affairs. And then uh, he promoted me to senior associate AD for development, got into the, the fundraising area for, for a little while. And then when he left um, to become the athletic director at Arizona State, uh, Sandy Barber and I became co-interim athletic directors. And Sandy recently retired as the athletic director at Penn State. So I uh, really enjoyed the privilege of working alongside her um, for a period of time uh, at Tulane. Uh, at that time, I also had the, the chance to pursue and then uh, secure my first uh, full-time athletic director position, Travis. I became the AD at Northeastern University in Boston. I was uh, 34 years uh, old at that point, probably not ready to be an AD, but uh, excited about that opportunity. And I had a great five years at uh, Northeastern to really launch my my athletic director career. Um, after five years there, uh, UMass reached out to me and that's always hard to say no to the alma mater. So I went back to UMass, still had a lot of really good friends uh, from my time there and uh, thought that was gonna be uh, potentially a destination job for me. I, I was really excited about it. It was a great part of the country, uh, close to family for both uh, Heather and I. And, and so we really thought uh, long and hard about that being, being a destination for us, but very unexpectedly after two years at UMass, uh, the Baylor job opened, and uh, I'd always wanted to uh, pursue uh, an athletic directorship at a Christian university, and uh, we spent a lot of time kind of praying through that opportunity and felt that that was where uh, God wanted us to, to, to serve next. So uh, in 2003, we, we headed to Baylor. It was a, a challenging time at the university. They were coming out of a really difficult uh time where a student athlete had been murdered by another student athlete. There was a big uh, men's basketball infractions case, uh, worst budget in the Big 12, worst facilities in the Big 12, uh, programs were struggling. There, were, there was a very, very daunting task. And uh, uh, I really went there just on faith and uh, felt that uh, that was where the, uh, the Lord was leading and, and that uh, uh, with his grace, we could, could do some good things there. And we were blessed with some uh, just amazing coaches and staff and, and uh, donors that really helped get that program back on track. And um, spent a long time there, obviously, uh, 13 years. It's like uh, two or three lifespans of an athletic director, typically at a, at a Division One program. And we had a Heisman Trophy winner and Robert Griffin. We had won the first five national championships in school history, uh, 58 Big 12 championships. Um, one of the things I was most grateful for, we, we had an amazing uh, sports ministry program under uh, our sports chaplain, Wes Yuri, uh, doing local and international missions. It was just uh, phenomenal. I think that was some, some of our student athletes said those experiences were the most impactful during their entire time at the university. So that was exciting. Obviously worked again with some great coaches. You know, Scott Drews won a national championship. Kim Mulkey has won three national championships, some really uh, dynamic uh, coaches. And I, I could go through a whole, uh, a whole list, but uh, very, very impressive group there. And then uh, uh, 2016 had an opportunity for a really fresh challenge to, to come to Liberty and be part of building a, a program that was underdeveloped at the time. Uh, felt like it had great potential, very similar to, to Baylor when we got started there. Um, we're five and a half years into it, and that's really exciting to see what, what God's doing on this campus. We've, uh, we've won 18 championships uh, over the last two years. 
Uh, again, have some great coaches, Hugh Freeze, Richie McKay, Dot Richardson, Scott Jackson. I could go right through our whole coaching roster, but just phenomenal coaches across the board. And uh, again, we're having some great competitive success. We've got a really vibrant sports ministry program. Student athletes are doing great in the classroom. And uh, I'm just celebrating my 25th year as an AD and really couldn't be any more uh, excited or, or grateful for uh, for the, the opportunity we have right now at, uh, at Liberty and very excited about the future. Let's talk about a couple of people that you mentioned and would love to just hear maybe what you what you what you learned from them how they impacted you. Let's start first with uh, Glenn. I think you said his name was Glenn Wong. Glenn Wong. Yes. Yep. Yeah. What, yeah. What, what'd you learn? What, what'd you glean from him? So Glenn at the time was a very young uh, faculty member, um, but you could see he was destined for, for greatness. And uh, uh, he really taught me uh, a lot about uh, discipline, a lot about getting focused professionally. And I remember him pulling me aside one day and said, you know, I know you're, you're 22 years old, but, um, you know, you need to be thinking about, you know, where you want to be five years from now, 10 years from now, you need to put a plan together. And uh, so he really got me focused on thinking about my career, which, you know, I was, you know, more like most college kids, I was thinking about kind of the college experience and going through that, but he really got me to begin thinking about where do I want to go from a professional standpoint and start putting pieces in place to, to build a career. And I, I really appreciate him for that. And then uh, Kevin White, I've heard his name. He's probably been mentioned on my podcast minimum six, seven, eight times. I mean, it feels, and I think he's got like his whole family is athletic directors, all his kids. It's like, yeah, he's, he's obviously has a, uh, a big name in college athletics. What, you know, talk about him. Yeah. Well, he's, I think he's mentored. I think the counts up over 30 now division one athletic directors have either, you know, worked for him at some point um, in their in their career. So somebody who really is very intentional about pouring into people. And um, I, I just, uh, you know, he uh, he kind of, I guess, saw something in me and kind of pulled me aside and and poured into me when he really had no need to do that. He just chose to do that. And, uh, you know, through his investment uh, in my life and, and the way he really groomed me professionally, gave me some different opportunities. I was in sports information. He moved me into marketing, a little bit of, uh, um, you know, create a little bit of uncomfort uh, in doing that, then move me into development. Um, you know, he, uh, uh, I guess he really pushed me to get some experiences that I needed to eventually become a, an athletic director. And let's, uh, I'm going to maybe double click on that a little bit. Um, the, the idea of seeing something in somebody and then investing in them. So it happens to you, I'm guessing um, you've done that to others. Um, yeah, I'd be curious how you think through, through that mentoring, obviously you're leading your whole staff. Um, but yeah, maybe, maybe walk through kind of your mindset on what, it, what, what, how you operate when it comes to, you know, you see the young 25 year old that you just see some really good things, maybe flesh some of that out. Yeah, Travis, I, I think largely because of that experience with Kevin, he's really, enable me now to look at our staff the same way. And so I really look for opportunities to develop our, our staff professionally. And, and that's something that's become a value in our, our athletic department. Uh, we have, uh, we have a, a vision, our visions to train champions for Christ, provide high quality student athlete experience and achieve victory with integrity. That's our vision statement, but we have uh, six goals under that. And one of our goals is to develop our student athletes, coaches, and staff, 
personally, professionally, and spiritually. And so we are very intentional about uh, staff development, um, bringing in speakers and, and really pouring into our people. And I haven't uh, spun off uh, 30 Division One athletic directors, but I, I do have a few. And uh, um, I think that's something that, uh, you know, we, we have a, uh, we owe a debt. We have an obligation to our people to, to pour into them, invest in them, to help them uh, have professional growth opportunities. Yeah, I love that. Love that. Um, okay, you'd mentioned that you had a passion for obviously sports, uh, played hockey and baseball. Also mentioned you had a passion for leadership and business. Where did that passion for leadership and business come from? Yeah, you know, um, you know, maybe partly my father. He was a businessman, and so I always kind of you know was interested in what he was doing. But um, I just for some reason just really enjoyed studying uh, leaders, and uh, it's been been a hobby of mine for. Uh, about 40 years now. And, uh, you know, I've studied the best leader, Jesus. I've studied uh, leaders in business and sports and nonprofit, great leaders, bad leaders. You, you can learn a lot from from each. And, um, you know, it, it's really uh, just something I think that uh, studying leadership early in my career helped prepare me for when I got to more significant leadership uh, positions down the road. And, uh, you know, I've, I've learned my leadership style. I'm a servant leader. And, uh, you know, I, I, one of the books that's been most impactful for me was uh, Ken Blanchard wrote a book uh, called Lead Like Jesus and uh, um, just a lot of really great leadership uh, lessons from the, the greatest leader ever. And uh, ultimately, I, I view my job to be the, the chief servant of Liberty Athletics. I'm here to serve our coaches, our staff, our student athletes, make sure that they have what they need to be successful, make sure we're uh, developing them all and uh, making sure that uh, we've cast a vision that uh, they can all embrace and, and pursue. Okay. Let's uh, love that. Thanks for sharing that. Um, aside from Jesus modeling servant leadership, what other, um, what other leadership principles do you see in the life of Jesus, whether a person is a follower of Jesus or not um, as they read, as you read the scriptures, what are maybe a couple, a couple things that you would um, say Jesus embodied when it came to leadership? Yeah. One of the things we just talked about was investing his people. So, you know, Jesus invested a lot in his 12 disciples. He had three that were closest to him that he probably poured into the most, but he invested in, in his, in his people and, and uh, developed them. And they obviously carried on and, and built the church. Um, but um, yeah, I, I think that's, that's one of the, the best lessons is that um, just as he did, he poured into his people, invested in his, in his people and, and, uh, called them out to greatness. What are, um, what are your strengths? What have you been blessed with? Obviously you've had success. You, yeah. You, you don't, you don't hang around at, for as long as you have and, and not be really successful. Um, yeah. What are your gifts? What are your, how's the Lord blessed you to be able to, to have an enduring success? Yeah, you know, Travis. I think again, uh, leadership is one thing, and again, my my style is is different than some, but uh, I, I think I'm an effective leader. Um, I'm I'm uh, just I think very uh, blessed to be highly organized, and uh, so I'm good at organizing myself and organizing others. Um, very analytic and uh, good at analyzing uh, people and situations. Uh, I feel like I've got a gift of discernment, and um, and, uh, you know, I guess a, a passion for development, but, you know, I, again, um, as, as, you know, we kind of went through kind of my journey over 25 years, very blessed, very privileged to work with some amazing leaders. And, uh, 
Um, again, you know, the, the uh, uh, you know, I think I've, I've been part of schools that won about 120 some odd uh, conference championships. Well, that that's, uh, I, I can't might take much credit for that, but if you've got great coaches and, and great staff and, and incredible student athletes, uh, that's, um, you know, that's going to be something that uh, some fruit that will be born. Totally. And uh, constraints or weaknesses. Is there one that comes to mind that you just kind of know is there and you're constantly working to overcome it, avoid it? Yeah. Yeah. I'm not very patient and, and it, that may be a trait of a lot of leaders. I, I'm not patient. Um, and I think I've gotten better in that area, but I still have work to do. I need to learn how to be a little bit more, more patient, um, with, uh, with myself and with, with others. Okay. Let's move to, um, I'd love to hear. So you, you took over in at Liberty in, uh, November, 2016. I would love to hear maybe the process, uh, the, 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 the practical process, but also the thought process. You enter into Liberty. What is the what is the process for for taking over that athletic department and um, creating the the environment, the culture, the ethos that you want? Yeah. So um, you know, a lot of ads talk about you know the first hundred days being really important, and I, I don't know that it needs to specifically be a hundred days, but I, I think your early early days are very very important. Um, the, the first, uh, the first thing that that's I think really uh, critical, and and I, I did this right at the initial press conference and the days following was, you need to cast a vision. You know where do you want the program to go? And again, our our vision was we're going to train champions for Christ. That's been the kind of historic mission of Liberty University for fifty years. We're going to provide high quality student athlete experience and that encompasses athletics, academics, spiritual, and social development. That's the second prong. And then the third prong is we want to achieve victory with integrity. We want to win and we want to win the right way, uh, obviously, in, in uh, an honorable way. So that was the, the vision that we cast immediately. But then a lot of what you, what you do, and again, this is, I guess, the, the fourth time um, for me in terms of being a new AD, uh, I'd like to spend my early days listening and learning. I want to hear from people. I want to hear what the culture's like now. I want to um, learn the institution, what makes the university unique, what are we doing well, or what are some things we could do to improve. And then through that process, uh, we began to develop a strategic plan, uh, which was really to fortify the things that we're, we're doing well, but to also identify things that we needed to, to, to make progress in. And uh, I, I really use uh, strategic planning as a tool to, to really create a blueprint for the program and then uh, track on that as we uh, we make progress over the years. What do you think the the one of the primary mistakes that leaders make, and we'll just say ads make when they're going in to take over a department? Yeah, don't make too many decisions early on. That that's been my experience. If you start making decisions early on and you don't know the people, the politics, why things are the way they are. Um, that can lead to uh, mistakes and, and bad decision making. Make sure you uh, take time to learn the culture, the environment, the people, why things are the way they are, and and have a, a better understanding. I always find that decisions you make in the first six months tend to be some of the worst decisions that you make um, because you're, you're just doing it without having enough um, uh, foundation um, in terms of making that that uh, that decision. So how do you balance the, 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 I'm going to go, you know, I want to cast vision. I want to, 
I want to start the process of changing the culture and maybe changing the mindset and, and, but yet also being patient on the, on the other. Yeah. How do you, how do you navigate that tension? Yeah, it, it, it's just, uh, again, something I've learned to do again. I think as, a, as the, the top leader, you need to cast the vision, explain what, where we're going, why we're doing it, um, what, we're, what we're in pursuit of. So people, people know that. That gives them a sense of security. Um, but then you also have to go through and, and really kind of evaluate where are people right now? Can, they, can people adapt to uh, the vision, the direction we're going or not? I like to give people the benefit of the doubt and hope that they, they, can, uh, they can adapt. You see some ADs come in and they want to get rid of everybody and bring in all their own people. I, I've never been like that. I, I tend to, I like a blended staff. I like people that, that are currently in place that can adapt to what we're trying to do. And then uh, wherever there are gaps, bring in people that uh, that we need to to fill those. So, um, yeah, that, that's the way I've I've approached it, and and uh, it's worked well uh, based on my experiences. So you love to touch on kind of that staff development, and you you'd mentioned that you're you know that it's a priority. What does it look like? First off, let me ask this: how many how many direct reports do you have? At ten direct reports. Okay. So you got 10 direct reports. What's the, if you guys were to do a um, um, athletic department wide meeting with coaches and staff and all that, how many are in the room? Uh, be about 200. For the okay. Department. Yep. So for lack of a better term, you're directly over, you know, or, or leading 10, but in general, you've got a, a group of 200. What does it look like just on the day-to-day rhythms as you, lead your staff as you navigate, like, I get that you, you know, bring in speakers and that you probably, you know, carve time on a, on a maybe weekly, but for sure monthly basis to pour into what does the rhythms look like? When do you meet one-on-one with your direct reports? How are you, how are you driving or and sustaining culture down through your direct reports all the way down through the whole athletic department? Yeah, that's a great question, Travis. So um, the senior group, um, we have a, a weekly staff meeting on Monday morning, and then I have individual meetings with the, those uh, those same uh, staff members uh, once a week as well. So so kind of that top group, that, that group of 10, um, there'd be a, a group meeting and there would be an individual meeting uh, with, with each one of those on, on a weekly basis. We bring our entire department together for a department staff meeting three times a year, kind of fall, winter, spring, and uh, we do that. Um, but we also, as I mentioned, we've got a real commitment to professional development. So we'll we'll meet, uh, and we offer this to our entire department. We'll meet once a month for we call flames development or professional development uh, opportunity. And and again, we've brought in some great speakers. Um, we've had John Gordon, Pat Lencioni. Um, we, we do, uh, some of our own, uh, use some of our own resources and have, uh, people with expertise either on campus or, uh, even in our department, uh, share. So, you know, we do that as well. And then we also, uh, three times a semester have a, uh, kind of a coach's luncheon where, and that's more spiritually focused. We'll bring in people to maybe share a testimony or, um, have a missionary uh, who share about what, what's going on or have student athletes kind of talk about their experience, whatever it may be. So, uh, you know, we like to, to do things to uh, invest in our people. And I think those are some of the best culture building things that we do.